What's up, everyone? We're here for another episode of Locked On Bucks to wrap up the week. Camille is with me, and we are going to discuss a game that we just watched between the Brooklyn Nets and the Philadelphia 76ers. How does that game make Bucks fans feel? Did you enjoy it? Were you terrified of what you saw from the Brooklyn Nets? Then we're going to talk about playoff rotation a little bit, and then, of course, look ahead to a game with the Golden State Warriors, which will be an important game. So we're going to get into all that and more. So let's get started. Backs him down. Giannis into the lane. Giannis spinning. Fading shot. Up. Good for Giannis at the buzzer. Bucks win I'm your host, Kane Pittman. You can see and hear me on this show Monday to Friday and also find my work over at ESPN. And joining me, Camille Davis. She also does the Technical Foul podcast, which everyone should check out. But I'm not going to act like Camille is is a is a special guest at this point in time. We understand <laughs> Camille is with me uh, at least once a week now on Locked on Bucks. And I did send out the Bat Signal last night on the episode and uh, this time give me credit Camille because I, <laughs> I actually messaged you as well I didn't just wait for you to listen to Locked On Bucks and hope that you got the message but you're here we figured it out yeah I mean we always do figure it out at some point no matter how it comes together we always seem to figure it out and come together in the end anyways but I did appreciate the heads up I woke up this morning and I had a, a message and I looked and it was from you just saying like hey there's something on the end of this week's episode, or tonight's episode of Locked on Bucks. And I'm like, ah, that must be the bat signal. It must be the bat signal. So it was fun knowing that at the end there was going to be a, a call. So that was cool. All right. Well, like Camille, who doesn't actually need that reminder message from me, but uh, like Camille, we thank everyone for making Locked on Bucks your first listen of every weekday. And uh, as I've said, as we roll into the postseason, there'll be some weekend pods as well with big games coming up so we'll start to work through that a little bit as we all start to get to the business end both on the podcast the Morky Bucks on the floor and we saw something tonight and I said to you when we were trying to organize what time we were going to do this podcast mm-hmm. you said what time are you thinking I said how about we wait till the end of this Nets Sixers game and see what's up uh in this game we're about to watch because there's no doubt of course normally it's strictly Bucks on this podcast, but everyone that likes NBA was watching this game tonight. Everyone was curious to see how this was going to play out. And it didn't take long in this game to figure out that the Nets were going to blow the doors <laughs> off the Philadelphia 76ers. It was 129-100 final. So I guess, and this it doesn't have to be Bucks related. It can be anything related. It can be the, uh, the off-court stuff, the fans, whatever it is. What did you take away from this game? Because again... I do think this was one of the more anticipated games of the regular season so far. It definitely was. And Philly fans made sure that you felt that emotion from the beginning, from the moment that Ben Simmons walked out of the hotel to get on the bus to head to the arena. He was already getting booed and heckled. They got the T-shirts outside that are super disrespectful to Ben Simmons, that they're selling the fans, that are wearing to the game. And he's not even playing. And it was already charged up in Philly for this game. And this was just the return of him to the arena 
to sit on the bench for the first time since, you know, the playoffs. So to have that level of energy without the guy who they're actively trying to hate. And as Bucks fans, we know that Philly fans can hold a grudge. Reminder again, they <laughs> they planned a trip out here to Milwaukee to boo Malcolm Brogdon. Malcolm Brogdon didn't play. They booed Tony Snell instead. So we know how Philly fans can be. And even with Ben Simmons not playing, this game felt like it was important. It felt like a big game. And then the next thing you know, the Nets are smacking the 76ers right in the mouth and they cannot respond. They had James Harden in jail, double teaming them, just not letting them get any room. Joel Embiid was doing his best to put on a, a soccer-worthy performance whenever he got touched, uh, just embellishing the contact over and over, which, I mean, hey, he got 19 free throw attempts out of it. So we know if there's one thing that Embiid can do, it's get to the free throw line. So um, the game itself was kind of a letdown after all of the hype building up into it and, and watching the game. I did not expect Philly to look that uh, undermatched in this game. But um, Brooklyn really wanted this game, and you saw it. They had the effort, the intensity. They were sharp on defense. They were sharp on their double teams. They were making baskets. So, I mean, when you have Kevin Durant on your team and then you have a Seth Curry revenge game, it's, it's going to be in your favor. It's going to be in your favor. And as a Bucks fan watching it, the Bucks fan in me was happy to see the 76ers just get completely smacked because we're in the race in the standings right now. So every loss to Philly is a win in my book. Um, and Brooklyn is so far behind, quote unquote, at this moment that, you know, if I had to pick a team I wanted to win, it was Brooklyn for the standing purposes. But the game itself was underwhelming, but the Bucks fan in me was kind of happy to see uh, Philly get embarrassed a bit at so home. So the well, that's right. So the Bucks will be now a full game clear of the 76ers. They have played a couple of extra games there. We know, particularly at the start of the season, the Bucks were just playing so much yeah. compared to some of these other teams. So they're still playing a little bit of catch up, and we're seeing that here with the Bucks having a couple of days off. Uh, you know, it was interesting. I was going for a walk this morning, had my coffee, thinking about all sorts of random things, and I was getting these clips coming through of the fans that you mentioned. Which, by the way. If you if you go into the hotel, you probably need to get a life at this point in time. Like, I mean, you know, I mean, it's pretty sad at this point in time that that's what you would choose, how you would choose to spend your day. But nonetheless, I was wondering for this Philadelphia franchise, when you think about the whole process and everything they've gone through, whether tonight's game was the most exciting moment of the entire process for these fans. Remember, they haven't really done anything in the postseason. Sure, there were certain games, and I, I understand that. I might be exaggerating a little bit, but the build up to this game felt like so huge and for the booze in the end to turn from Ben Simmons to the Philadelphia 76ers I felt yeah. that it was kind of fitting and Ben Simmons is sitting on the bench and regardless of how you feel about him he's smiling Seth Curry there was a great shot at the end of the game with Seth Curry Andre Drummond and Ben Simmons all sitting on the bench smiling and laughing together <laughs> which I kind of like for the human side of things I think these guys got traded obviously Ben's you know, gone through everything that he's gone through and to, to show up to the building. And by the way, I didn't expect that he was going to warm up and do all that stuff on the court. So yeah. give you, I don't know how much credit you want to give him. Tiny bit of credit for showing up and, and warming up. I don't know. We'll see. Maybe that's taking things too far. But for Philadelphia, I'm just wondering now, I, I, everyone's been looking at it. I mean, some of the, some of the quotes, uh, the, the mood out of Philadelphia has been, Honestly, sickening. It makes me sick to my stomach. <laughs> it's like it's like you've got a friend that gets a new girlfriend 
and look, we're, we've all been there, but everyone else is just thinking, okay, just chill out, man. This is actually sickening how, how this honeymoon period that you're going through right now. I'm wondering if the honeymoon period is over, James Harden, three for 17, the crowd's booing the team. This is the first sign, the first sign of weakness in the Harden Philadelphia era. The first sign of playoff Harden, uh, what Philly wow. fans will get a taste of in a few weeks. But um, no, I mean, honestly, the, the thing with the fit with uh, Harden going to Philly is I kept wondering how, how it could work, what it would look like. And seeing a few games of it, I'm getting an idea of like, okay, this is how they're going to play it. I didn't expect Embiid to be such a willing role man, but he stepped into that pretty well. And they they looked good in the regular season, but the thing with Embiid, the thing with Harden, the thing with Doc Rivers, if we're being honest here, is when they get to the next level, when they get to the postseason, things change, change, they change. And one thing that both Harden and Embiid like to do is get to the free throw line. They like to draw, draw those fouls. And some of those calls that they get in the regular season, they're not going to get in the playoffs. And as we saw last or tonight, uh, Embiid supplemented his stat line at the free throw line. And it, it makes me wonder, like, how likely is that to happen in the playoffs when, you know, things are, are like go a little bit more. So um, I wasn't super high on Philly after this trade in the sense where I felt like scared to play Philly. But seeing another off, uh, well, an off night with them and thinking about how that might translate to the playoffs, I still feel the same way where it's like if we see Philly in a seven game series, I feel pretty good about our chances. As a subscriber to Quick Games, a good game, I was watching this Philadelphia team. And by the way, I totally understand Giannis, I, I think, is still leading the league in free throw attempts. So it's close. Anyway, he's right at the top. So people will say, well, you cover the Bucks. You should uh, not be talking you know, crap about other teams shooting free throws. But when there's two guys on the team, it becomes pretty, <laughs> it becomes pretty painful. And by the way, 19 free throw attempts in the first half had me looking uh, at the record books. Dwight Howard, 39 free throw attempts twice did it twice 39 free throw attempts and that's a little bit different there's some hacker dwight and all sorts of things going on there it was 2013 so i guess that was rockets uh dwight i i believe it was probably around that if i if i had to bet on a team i would say it was rockets dwight but speaking of betting betonline.net is the place to go if you're into that type of thing and it's the time of year as college basketball's tournaments are finally upon us and uh look everyone knows i'm not the biggest college basketball fan but this time of year, I can find myself tuning into games. I'm seeing it on my Twitter timeline. So if you're into it, uh, as I said, betonline.net is the place to go for the latest odds, contests, and player props. BetOnline remains the best spot for all the scores, podcasts, and news as well. And it's not just basketball. You can get all sorts of sports. Hey, you'll get baseball soon. Uh, Giannis, the owner of the Milwaukee Brewers, very happy that baseball is back. So you can get all the wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Just head to the website or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in action. That's Bet Online, where the game starts. Make sure you check out the Locked On Now podcast as well. Uh, only two games tonight, but uh, last night, for instance, you've got 13 games on the schedule. You want to? You don't know what? You can't possibly keep track of all this stuff. Listen to the Locked On Now podcast, and everyone uh, from across the network, all the hosts, will fill you in with little little recaps of the game so it's it's a nice little filler if you've got some time after you've watched or listened to locked on bucks that's a locked on now podcast so okay that, let's get down to business with the bucks then and this playoff run so uh look the nets win tonight so they're still six games behind boston 
uh, in the standings, it seems highly unlikely that they could find a way to get to fifth. Well, virtually impossible. We'll say they're not getting to fifth. Best case scenario, I guess, if they went on a real tear, which I don't think we can completely rule out, uh, they could catch the Cavs. There's still a fair gap between those two teams. But nonetheless, assuming they get through to play in tournament, whatever, anything could possibly happen. But let's say they do. It looks like they're going to be an, probably an eight or a seven seed, potentially a six. Mm-hmm. You would guess that the matchup is going to be Miami, Milwaukee, or Brooklyn. So on the other side of things, when you take away the enjoyment factor of what happened to the Sixers tonight, how much of you is sitting there watching Kevin Durant with these jump shots that I swear to God are not even hitting the freaking net at all? <laughs> I mean, and, and this guy just thriving on the environment in Philadelphia. We saw it last year. How much of you is sitting there saying, stuff this. I don't want any part of this man when it comes to the first round. I mean, honestly, if I if there was a first round matchup that I would like to avoid, it's Brooklyn. That that's that's the one. And it's not me saying like, you know, if the Bucks meet up with the Nets, it's automatically going to be an L for the Bucks or anything like that. But like Kevin Durant is different. Like I we watch Giannis every night, so we we can understand what it's like to see a different type of player, but to see a seven footer be able to score and get to his spots the way that Kevin Durant does, like it's 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 terrifying. And we got to live through it with the seven game series last year. So like we know, we understand. And no, I don't I don't want to see Brooklyn in the very first round. If that's the way the cookie crumbles, then hey, let's lace them up and let's go. Let's get after it. But Kevin Durant's going to be the best player on the floor in many a series. Um, it, it's interesting to hear the debate around that if it's Milwaukee and Brooklyn, because there are definitely going to be some saying Kevin Durant is still the best player on this on this floor. Giannis might even say Kevin Durant is the best player on the court, but um, I don't know. I like the chances with Giannis up against KD, so to speak, but there's no counting out Brooklyn, especially on the road when they have Kyrie. We don't know what the protocols will be in New York in another four weeks or so when the playoffs are going. So maybe Kyrie will be able to play at home. Maybe he won't. We've seen this season as well that Kyrie is like when Kyrie gets going, it's hard to stop him too. He gets to his spots. He's a mid-range assassin. When you have two shot creators like that on your team, anything is possible. Like anything is really possible because if either one of them get hot, they can carry a team. And all you need after that, if the other one's having a cold night, just have one of your, your bench guys take off. Maybe it's another Seth Curry night. Maybe Bruce Brown keeps knocking down shots, but when you're Kevin Durant is just real. I'm a big fan of Kevin Durant. So I do not want to see him in the first round. I do not. Yeah. There's no doubt. The longer that time goes, I'm getting more of appreciate. I always appreciated what he could do on the court, but the, the off court, the mystique, the, the straight yeah. up don't care. I'm just going to say whatever I'm thinking, everything about him. I like more and more literally every time I hear him or see him speak, I, I think he's awesome. But I, I think the big question, if you get a Brooklyn series and forget about it, whether it's in the first round or the second round, at any stage, if you get a Brooklyn series, I think the big question, and this is something that our listeners can chime in on and, and see what they think or see what they would uh, go to at this point in time as now, whether it's YouTube comments, Twitter, wherever it may be, is who is going to be the sacrifice? Because, and this was the big question last year, because, and we still have sit here and say, I wonder what would have happened if Dante DiVincenzo wasn't injured, PJ mm-hmm. Tucker came into the starting lineup. And that was the obvious matchup. There was, once you had PJ Tucker, we were talking about it the second that he was traded to Milwaukee. Right. So for, for multiple reasons, and, and one of the big reasons, and I've said this 
a lot. I, I have always thought for the last few years, and I know Kevin Durant's missed a bit of time, but you can extend it back. I've always thought in in a few possessions here or there, Chris Milton it, with his with his length again, not stopping Kevin Durant, but I always thought he was one of the better better matchups that the Bucks had. But across the course of a series, I really don't think you want fatigue Chris Milton dealing with the physicality of guarding Kevin Durant, and I don't think you want Giannis doing it. And quite honestly, I don't think you want Drew Holiday doing it. I think Drew Holiday is the guy you would want on Kyrie Irving. So who's going to be the sacrifice? And I would imagine, and this is where the test is going to come into, Bud, a guy that we know likes to generally stick with the starting lineups. I would have to imagine that Grayson Allen is out of that starting lineup. And then the question is, do you bring in Wes Matthews and say, hey, Wes, you got six fouls, brother. You're probably going to use them all, but we need you to be physical. We know you're you're an older guy, but look, take, take some inspiration from PJ Tucker. Be physical with him. Test the boundaries a little bit with the officiating. This is all we want you to care about. Uh, or the other guy is Pat Conan, but we know that Pat Conan has value in other areas on the floor as well. Mm-hmm. But they're the two guys for me. One of them, I'd probably be bringing in. I don't know where you sit on this. Okay, I, I want to start this by saying I am not trying to be disrespectful to Wesley Matthews. I love Wesley <laughs> Matthews as a as a fellow Marquette alum. I love Wes. I was happy when we signed Wes initially. I'm happy that he's back. But offensively, Wes has been very, very cold <laughs> for a while now for a while now, but the value that he's been able to give the Bucks in his minutes has been defensively. So if there's any player that I would like to see take that offensive hit because they're expending themselves so much defensively, it's Wes Matthews because we're honestly not getting much from him as it is. The only thing I would hope is that in the playoffs when he gets his wide open shots, he's able just to knock those down. shoot a corner three. Knock down a yeah, corner three or two. You know, here or knock him down. That's all we really need because like you mentioned, we're going to just need, like, go bother him. When you have someone like Kevin Durant, you're not going to shut them down. That's not going to happen. He's too talented. All that you can do is make it difficult on them. So you just need somebody to be annoying and let Wes have the bulk of those assignments and then switch it up every so often. Throw Giannis on him a few possessions. Throw Chris on a few possessions. Throw Drew on him a few possessions. But let the primary defender be Wes Matthews. I think that's probably the best way to go about it because I know like <laughs> people like our KD has said in the past that Drew Holiday has given him fits. Although now I'm feeling like he kind of played with us because last year in the playoffs, it didn't look like Drew Holiday was giving him any <laughs> any problems at all. But like you you don't want to expend the big three guys because you're going to need them offensively because you have to go bucket for bucket with Brooklyn. And if your defense can't stop them, then you're going to have to just try to outscore them. So I'd rather for Chris, for Drew, for Giannis to be able to have some additional energy on the other side uh, instead of spending it you know, chasing Kevin Durant around and trying to make it difficult. Meanwhile, you can just have Wes come out here and do it. And on top of that, too, Wes gets up for those situations. He likes being tasked with guarding the guy. Like, I remember him distinctively in the bubble when he was able to guard Jimmy Butler. He was the Heat's guy at the time, and and Wes was here for it. He was ready to go. He was he was up for it. Um, so I'd be fine with Wes taking that assignment. He's also kind of little, though, so it's really more so just being a pest more so than anything else, because it's very hard for centers and power forwards and bigs to really bother Kevin Durant's shot. So just be annoying. Be the guy who takes the bulk of those minutes, use up those files that you have, and then uh, let your other guys play, you know, change it up every so often. Well, one of the things that PJ Tucker does, and and by the way, like defending the way he does is clearly a skill. I'm not diminishing anything that he does. But one of the things he established very, very early in that series, and particularly from game three onwards when they had the big, the, the, well, not the big scrap, but they had the little scrap. They went nose yeah. to nose. But 
from that point on and, and throughout the course of the series, PJ Tucker always establishes very early that I'm defending like this. I know you're not going to foul me out in five minutes of play. This is how physical I'm going to be. And he has that reputation that I think there's some kind of respect where the officials are like, well, it's PJ Tucker. This is the way he defends. What are you talking about? It's a foul. He does this all the time. So that's right. part of the reason that, again, why when you talk about comfort level for KD, clearly by the end of the series, he was super, super fatigued. Now, do I, I mean, PJ, you look at some of the replays of those games and the shots that KD was getting off. PJ Tucker is nowhere near his shot. <laughs> He's not blocking that man. He's not even distracting him. But I think the cumulative toll of what PJ Tucker did by the end of the series uh, did start to uh, to bring him back to the pack slightly, even if it took mm-hmm. overtime in game seven. So again, you look at Wes, he's a big guy. Pat is valuable in other areas, as I said. Obviously, Drew, you don't want him getting in foul trouble early or Chris or Giannis. Maybe Wes is the guy. And there might be listeners to this saying, you guys are ridiculous. Wes there's not much you can do. <laughs> no, there's not much you can do. But make sure you let us know. Uh, what you think about that potential matchup. We're going to talk about Brooke Lopez in a second. But if Wesley Matthews is going to get the matchup with Kevin Durant, all I can suggest in addition to his incredible basketball IQ, this guy's been a veteran in the NBA for a long time, and it's far from me to tell him what he should do in terms of preparation. But I would suggest Bilt Bar. And that's because this is the best tasting protein bar that's ever been made. I don't know if Wesley, uh, if he has a favorite flavor of Bill Bar or not. So I guess I'll have to ask him at some point, but he could have mint brownie, coconut, coconut almond, uh, or the white chocolate cookies and cream Bill Bar, which uh, I hear, I, I haven't been able to taste it, but I, I tell you what, I, I know some people that have, and they tell me that it is ridiculously good at, at BuiltBar.com. At Built.com, I should say, you can check it all out. They always have new flavors, and uh, Bill Bar is all about the taste. They make it taste delicious first, and then afterwards, they figure out uh, how to make it healthy. And I, I don't really know how they do it, but they pull it off every time. So go to built.com, use the promo code LOCKED15 and get 15% off your order. Use promo code LOCKED15 for 15% off at built.com. So we really now are starting to get some ramp up with the Brook Lopez stuff. Uh, there's no mm-hmm. question. There's been nothing, nothing, nothing. December, January, February, nothing. And now Bud is is finally starting to give a little bit when it comes to the updates, which tells me, considering how conservative they've been, that he is genuinely starting to get close. We're recording this, as most people will be listening this, Friday, March 11. Uh, I I think the fact that he's doing five on five and and by the reports that we've gotten back from Bud responding well to that, uh, he is traveling on this West Coast trip. Now, he's not going to play, I wouldn't imagine, any time in the next week. But I do think that there should be starting to be some optimism that there's potential that Brook Lopez could return towards the back end of this month, which would be good, which would only give him a handful of games before the postseason. Uh, there's a couple of back-to-backs in there as uh, I was looking through the schedule with Frank last night. So he wouldn't be playing those games, I wouldn't imagine. So you really are cutting it fine. And I was looking up some lineup data just in general because, again, we've discussed the possibility of Serge Ibaka starting, all those types of things. Mm-hmm. So the starting five, as we know it, with Brook Lopez, Grayson Allen, those those guys, they played six minutes total this season, of course. <laughs> Glor- glorious night at, Fi- <laughs> at, at Fiserv Forum. But there are 15 groups in the NBA this year, five-man groups, that have played 300-plus minutes. 
the number one group by net rating is the Boston Celtics with 20 plus 24.9, by the way, which is just absolutely ridiculous. And they've been hooping. <laughs> Minnesota Timberwolves in second. Oh. Plus 16.5. It would have taken me a while. And again, I don't claim to have watched the Minnesota Timberwolves too much this season. It would have taken me a while to get to the Minnesota Timberwolves. Then it's the Bucks coming in third with a plus 13. Point three. They've played 30 games together, 304 total minutes. Uh, just for comparison there, they're starting five last year, obviously a little bit more continuity. They played 508 minutes. So the Bucks, they're not even going to get close to that uh, right. this year. But last year, the net rating was uh, plus 8.7. So they're around five points better per 100 possessions this year with the starters. I think there's some weird stuff going on there, including other teams missing the bulk, bulk stars and all that type of stuff. So you can read into it whatever you will. But the fascinating thing is that both on offense and defense, the starting group has been pretty significantly better than it was uh, during last year's uh, regular season there. And a lot of it is Giannis. But I guess with that in mind, and you look at Drew Holiday, and you look at Chris Milton, and then overall you look at Giannis where the Bucks are around plus 10 points per 100 possessions with him in the floor. I think... As much as I've said that maybe they should have brought in Serge, and I guess part of that conversation was based around the fact that I think that it's, it's cutting it almost too fine to say Brook Lopez is going to be starting playoff games. I might be wrong. We're only guessing from the signs we have. But maybe it is the Bucks just going to roll through with Bobby and say, look, as long as we've got Giannis out on the floor, as long as we have these other good defenders, all the minutes are going to ramp up. We think we're going to be okay. Yeah, I mean, that's definitely a possibility. The Bucks for a while seemed like they were really struggling to figure out how they were going to be playing basketball without Brooke Lopez, which is completely understandable because Brooke Lopez is a key part of that defensive scheme. Like, we know he unlocks Giannis to be his very best version of himself, at least at this point in his career. And hearing the news about Brooke doing five on five and practicing with the herd. And I had to look up what Bud said because he ended it with saying like, this is probably the biggest and most important step so far that Brooke has taken. And once I heard Bud say that, I'm like, okay, I feel like we're getting closer to Brooke getting back on the court. And we've seen at times when guys come back from injury, they don't start right away. They just come off the bench. So maybe it's a situation where Bud, Bud keeps this current starting five intact and brings uh, Brooke off the bench for, for matchups. I'm not sure how long he might do that, or maybe it depends on how Brooke responds. But being able to have the option of having Brooke Lopez back on the court again, even if he hasn't been able to play with the guys, I think if Brooke's 70%, like, I think it's still a positive to have him out there on the floor for this team. And on top of that, too, we're going to have to trust in but a little bit to play matchups because uh, we saw a little bit last year, but again, the question is, was he forced to do it or was it something that he would have done anyways? But we saw him in that Brooklyn series last year where he was like, okay, this is not going to be a Bobby Porter series, but against Atlanta, Bobby's back and right into it. So I want to say I have trust in Bud to continue to make good decisions based on what he's seeing and responding to. And overall being able to have Brooke Lopez as an option is good. I don't think that he's going to come back and, and look exactly how he did, how he remembered him looking. It's going to take him a while to kind of get back into the flow of things. But hearing reports that he's been doing well, that he's looking good, it's encouraging to hear because the last thing you ever want to hear is that your seven-footer had back surgery because uh, backs are tricky. They're really tricky. So I hope that, you know, Brooke is you know healing well and doing well, and I can't wait to see him back on the court. But I'm also not – 
looking for Brooke to come in and, and look exactly how he did when I last saw him. I'm expecting him to need some time to ramp up. And as that leaks into the playoffs, I'd be fine with him coming off the bench if he needs some more time to get his bearings together. So, and by the way, I, I think at this point in time, we've seen the way the Bucks have played and it was proven in last year's postseason that Brooke Lopez, the, the idea that you can play him off the floor or he's a guy that can only work mm-hmm. in matchups is complete garbage. That's That's been thrown out the window. We, again, we saw that last year. But I will say, and a lot of this comes back to Serge again, and maybe this is part of the thinking of bringing in a guy like Serge Barker. I will say that there is probably, an, and you can let me know what you think. Maybe I'm forgetting someone. But the, but the one matchup that you're like, okay, we, we need Brooke Lopez is Philadelphia. Now, depending on how the seedings match up, let's say best case scenario, and you're going to have a long road to get to the conference finals anyway. But let's just say conference finals is when you play Philadelphia for Brook Lopez in terms of coming back, getting himself feeling good, playing a whole bunch of games. The conference finals don't aren't until late May, mid to late yeah. May. So that's over two months away from now as well, which again, we remember how long the playoffs are. So maybe if the Bucks don't get the conference finals till. Uh, get Philadelphia to the conference finals. He gets more mm-hmm. time to work in. Maybe that's the best case scenario and and he can work through. Then, of course, if you do get to the finals, again, looking a long way ahead, a guy like DeAndre Ayton, you would love to have mm-hmm. him as well. Because that's the one thing we did see when the Bucks played the Sixers. I was like, okay, I don't know about this Portis on yeah. Embiid situation. We'll see what happens. Yeah needing, yeah, needing some size there for sure. And Philly is the first team that comes to mind when you think about Brooke being very important. Also, it would be interesting to be able to throw Brooke out there against Cleveland. I'm not saying mm-hmm. I think the Bucks need Brooke, you know, to beat Cleveland. I think we could do that without him. But uh, the jumbo lineups that they throw out, I'm not sure how long Jared Allen is going to be out. But if he's back in that lineup and they're able to play those jumbo lineups – uh, being able to throw out a lineup with Brooke, Giannis, and Bobby could be a very interesting counter to that. All right. For everyone out there that uh, can't get enough of the Locked On Podcast Network, make sure you check out Locked On NBA. Now, I did record Locked On NBA uh, last night. Unfortunately, uh, we had some issues with their recordings and uh, I finished recording. I clocked off for the day. I walked out and my... Uh, my co-host for that show texted me about 10 minutes later and said, uh, we might need to do that again. And I said, mate, I'm out the door. This is done. So I think you, <laughs> I think you're, uh, you're re-recorded with our friends from Locked On Knicks and Locked On Celtics, I think. But anyway, the point being, I said yesterday I was on Locked On NBA. No, my voice hasn't changed. Uh, still the same guy, but uh, just, a, just a real disaster. Late night disaster with Locked On NBA. But anyway, it's a great podcast. That's, that's the main point of what I'm trying to say here. So check out the Locked On NBA podcast. And also check out the Technical Foul podcast with Camille Davis and friends. Every Tuesday yes. night, these guys are recording. Is that correct? Every Tuesday night, you can catch us live on our YouTube, be part of the show. We love interacting with people um, in the comment section as we're recording. We have some regulars that come through, so that's always fun. And then the show was released on every major uh, podcasting platform on Wednesdays. And then we have another show that's exclusive to YouTube uh, on Thursdays. So. We've been busy. We've been busy. So, Camille, I, I, you know this, and I don't want to offend any of our listeners here, but I just could not care any less. There's nothing I could care less about than Aaron Rodgers returning to the Packers. I just <laughs> could, not, could not give a stuff whether he came back, whether he never played again, whether he came back and played for the Packers. Couldn't care less. 
But what I do care about is Stone Cold Steve Austin making a return at WrestleMania. And I feel like that's the type of thing you talk about on, on your podcast. Is that Did Stone Cold get a mention? Maybe you know week. what? No, we actually did. We started. We talked about Aaron Rodgers on this week's show. We talked about Russell Wilson. We talked about Westbrook. And then we even played the promo that Stone Cold cut to announce his return to wrestling. Because surprisingly, or maybe not to some if you really watch Stone Cold, but the man can still cut a very mean promo. Yeah, he absolutely can. And there's not many things that can make me watch current day wrestling right now because it is, in general, a very, very painful experience. But Stone Cold... (laughs) Stone Cold can get me to do it. So I'll be watching WrestleMania. So shout out to those guys for dragging me back. This comment lets me know that Vince, again, knows. I was saying, I was like, I don't want to see Stone Cold wrestle. Like, it's been 19 years, but this is what he's doing it for, to get people like you to make sure that you're tuning in and and watching. So Vince is smart. He he knows where the money is at. I'm living in the 90s, Camille. Still living (laughs) in the 90s. All right. I'm with you. Bucks and Warriors Saturday night. So we'll be back on Monday. We're going to wrap it all up on Monday. So make sure you check out the podcast again. And by the way, I'm noticing the subscribers going up on YouTube. So we appreciate that. But if you're new to the show, make sure you do check it out on YouTube. Subscribe, audio podcast, do the same. Uh, We appreciate it. And it helps us out. We benefit. Look, I'm a little bit selfish. I can still say that. I'm benefiting from that. I'm asking for a favor, but we really appreciate it. So for now, we'll leave it there for this week. Camille, myself. Have a great weekend. Enjoy the game. Let's hope the Bucks keep this streak going. They're playing good basketball. We'll catch you guys 